Hi, I'm Dr. Melva, your board-certified radiation oncologist and serial entrepreneur and investor. Welcome to the 1% Code podcast. I help top income earners create multiple streams of income to support the career they love or the one they want to love again. Learn more on the 1% Code podcast. You know, I was just thinking about what Dr. Q was saying in the last episode, and she highlights a lot of different points that I think are really important for those of us who are healthcare professionals or other top income earners. And she talked about climbing and lifting on her climb. And I, I stopped her. And if and if you've listened to the podcast, and, and I wanted her to explain more of what that meant. And for me, this brought up a lot of questions for her. We talked about imposter syndrome, facing your fears, and why it's important to elevate yourself. And we talked about the evolution of how you're elevating yourself from one phase in your life and your entrepreneurial journeys to another phase in your life, but bringing other people along. So that is just a key point that I wanted to make sure that that you think about because it's very powerful. When you rise to the top, it's lonely at the top. <laughs> but when you bring other people up with you, it is it is so much more fulfilling than a lot of what I think many of us are are doing in the traditional career without um, you know without those entrepreneurial pursuits. So I really want to highlight that because I, I think it's a teaching point. It's a teaching moment. It was a huge point. So let's keep listening. And I went out in the middle of where it was uncomfortable, but it was that evolution of I won't be in a position that I can't make a decision that's best for me, for my family. I can't move up. I can't bring anybody else up. So instead of, you know, and now I'm back in Virginia. So it's it's kind of like a full circle, but it was it's almost like the evolution that you say, the sacrifice and and what you don't have to have. And I, I think I see a lot of people waiting until they have everything they need. They're comfortable. But like your grandfather's example, a sharecropper, not the money, but he built it up. You know, and it's, it's almost like that evolution starts when you allow those things to happen and you, you take that leap. So I, I definitely resonate with that a lot. Yeah, um, I would actually like to just quickly add what you expressed in your story, which which is similar to my story, is there's always going to be a moment of pain or discomfort. Now, I'm not speaking literal. <laughs> Nobody's pinching you or beating you up, but it's that internal nag. And so my life coach said this to me recently, and she said, the pain will push you mm-hmm. until the passion pulls you. Right. right. And it just really set with me. And then my version of that is I don't do comfort zones. Comfort zones are for your home and mm-hmm. cruise control is for the highway. Mm-hmm. When you're uncomfortable, That is life, the life force. You can call it God or universe or whomever you worship. Mm -hmm. That is life force pulling you because you're not where you're supposed to be. Because guess what? If you were where you were supposed to be, you would be be comfortable. You would be in chill mode. But Mm -hmm. I think that those are signs and you just have to be bold enough and strategic enough to take a calculated risk. It's not about not taking risk. It's also not talking, it's not about taking risks that are not responsible. It is about taking calculated risks, literally. Calculate what it is at stake, right? and then calculate what it is you're trying to accomplish or where you're trying to get to. And sometimes it's a number, 
Sometimes it's a situation or an environment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's what could it set you in place for the future. Right. It's all about that. And so I think that that's the key thing is what you said is we all struggle, but we have to have a breakthrough moment that just pushes us. Right. Yes. I, I, I like that. Hashtag breakthrough moment. Let, let me look at the comments here. You are giving so many good nuggets. I, I don't want to hold you too long, but I think I could talk to you forever. So let's see. So your sister is saying, let's see if I can show these comments. She says, yes, yes. And just be saying, what an inspiring story. We're getting some love, everybody we can't. And, and Trish says, we also have to stop waiting for everything to be perfect in order to act. Hashtag forward motion. Exactly. And it's, and it's that vision casting and moving forward. Like what we're doing now isn't preparing us for where we are. It's where we're going to be a year, five years from now. Right. Um, and then, yes. And, and Trisha says breakthrough moment. So, all right. So I asked you for some questions. So if is it okay if we can jump to those? Shift sure. Here a bit. Okay. Are you having fun yet? I am. I, I, I love it. I love this conversation. Um, and so I always like sharing. I, like I said, lifting and climbing is not limited to your job. It's yeah, sharing no. your knowledge, your experience, whatever helps another person. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because I've always like, I've, I've had these evolutions of, you know, where's my space online or my coaching and the programs that have gone between healthcare professionals only and others. I love bringing cross industries together because it's, it's so much that collaboration. We have a lot of the same struggles and I learned so much from other industries and things that I don't know about. And I'm like, oh, if you can do that, that can work in, in my scenario. So yes. I love that. So, okay. So I think we talked about your current streams of income. You went over those and then what future streams of income do you aspire to? Ooh, good one. So um, I'm just going to recap for my own sanity a little bit. <laughs> yes, let's go. First stream of income, my job. Yes. So my job is my first stream of income. Yeah. My second stream of income is my home. So the home that I owned, and like I said, I brought it, I bought it with intentionality of to live in it for five years and then flip it is currently rented out and, and it is in the black and has been most of the time I've had it rented. In fact, my tenants don't know it. They pay me almost twice the mortgage, but that's a different story. You went, went. <laughs> that's a different, yeah. They have no idea. Thank goodness their Raleigh Durham market is like hot right now. Um, and real talk, I'm sorry. I just have to tell you this and then I'll stay on track. I almost put my home on the market this year because I was having a pain point with my property management company, not the tenant, the property management. And I was just a little bit over. It. I was like, you know what? If I just sell the property, I can just go buy another one. <laughs> like my, my value has doubled. I can walk away with six figures and do this all over again. I love so, it. I, I can be your property manager. Like we can make this work. <laughs> we can talk about that. Um, Cause I didn't hire another one. Not yet. So um, and in fact, one of your, uh, stars with the with the Lemno Mega chapter Piper helped me oh, <laughs> kind of yeah. unravel that. Without oh, right. have that legal that legal aspect and and yeah. Sam, one of our other stores, she's uh, there with Trisha. You know, Sam she says twice the mortgage and right. said this is such a great discussion. Yes. Thanks for joining, Sam. Okay, this is about streams of income, so I promise I'm gonna bring it back. Okay, okay. But I put it on the market. I got a realtor, met him, walked through the property. Wasn't too happy actually. Tenants a good tenant, but he's apparently a bit of a clutter bug. <laughs> Another story. Yeah. <laughs> we got the comps, put the home on the market. Within three days, I had an offer. Within five days, I had three offers. The third offer was above asking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is how my mind works now. 
when you talk about evolution, mm -hmm. I was like, wait a minute, why are so many offers coming so fast? Whereas most people will be like, yes, I got my offer. Let's do the deal. Right, right. Hey there, it's Dr. Melva, and I really hope that you're enjoying the show. I just wanted to take a quick break to give you a personal invitation to the 1% Code Masterclass. It starts on August 23rd. I'm super excited to be hosting this two-day event where we will talk everything, the 1% Code, and I will teach you how to take your six-figure income and leverage that into a seven-figure net worth. We'll talk about how to manage risk, career constraints, time constraints, how to turn your job into a hobby, and so much more. I hope that you choose to join me. You can do so by going to the registration page at drmelva.com forward slash masterclass. Again, that's drmelva.com, doctor spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R forward slash masterclass. I hope to see you there. Okay, let's get back to this episode. That nag. She kicked in, the nag kicked in. Talked to my sister, talked to a couple of other confidants, that nag was kicking in. And then I was like, you know what? I know he's not gonna be happy. I'll just assure him, I'll work with him in the future. I pulled my home off the market. Mm -hmm. That same week, Apple announced that they were gonna be building in the RTP. And the particular location is about five to 10 minutes from where, I, where my home is. My home is at Yeah. Wow. And in the three months since, cause I do follow the value, my home has gained about $30,000 in value in 60 days. Wow. If I had sold it that day. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. I would be sick with myself. So what looked very attractive on the surface actually mm -hmm. made me think, which was these offers are coming too fast. Right. I appreciated it, but it also made me think if you want it that bad, <laughs> there's right. something okay. up. So I say that to say my home is my second stream. My Third stream is my sister and I have a company. Mm -hmm. And then my fourth stream is literally just last week. I have launched a sports division of our company that I'll spend most of my time in where I'll service coaches, head coaches, other executives who want to climb that ladder of the sports world. So that'll be the fourth thing. And then when I look to the future, okay. number one, because I now know my tenant is a little bit of a clutter bug and a pack rat. <laughs> I'm going to let him live in peace the rest of this time. He's been there about three or four years anyway. Mm -hmm. But the home needs some work inside because it's been rented for 10 years. But what I would like to do is go in after he moves out next year, do the updates and the upgrades, and I'm going to convert it to Airbnb. Okay, short-term rental. Short-term rental. Um, I have another friend who owns in that community and rents out his townhome in that community. And he said he makes them one week, what I make in one month. Okay. Hello. So, <laughs> so, so that's, that's actually a topic for next week. Dr. Zelda is coming on, sharing her Airbnb experience. Yes. And we're going to so, talk about the short-term rentals. He's also offered to coach me to getting it to that super host status. So in 2022, I expect to convert my home to an Airbnb. Um, I didn't. I would also like to use some of the equity to start to acquire other properties. So my next goal is to start acquiring other properties. And then one that I mentioned, um, but I think I, when I was speaking with your producers, I said this one that I, I haven't been activating lately just because of the demands of my job is adjuncting. As an adjunct professor, I can earn money anywhere, really. Um, and when I first got to Georgetown, I was used to adjuncting because I had been at smaller schools. 
So mm-hmm. I continued to adjunct for St. John's University in New York. Mm-hmm. I had been adjuncting there for a couple of years. And then the bandwidth of my job quickly let me know that that, that actually was not ideal. But I still could. If I, if I chose to, I could still do adjunct work. That would be a fifth or sixth. I kind of lost count. Um, me too. You are rolling. Like, wait, I'm, I'm going to pause and I put up some of these comments, but I just have to read this. Like, they are loving this. Sam says, this is confirmation for my property in Charlotte to keep it, keep renting. I forgot you had that, Sam. I get unsolicited offers all the time. So it sounds like you're helping Sam with that. Another uh, user does a show says, wow. And then uh, and another user says, yes, that's where it's at too. When you were talking about the short-term rental conversion, um, look at all the love goals. <laughs> and I don't know what this face is, but it looks like money. <laughs> that, that, looks like, that looks like green. Wow. Yeah, so, I was teasing my sister today. We were, t- I don't even know. Oh, we were talking about our business because we, we have a client, um, a new client kind of in, in the, in the, in the funnel. Keep, keep our fingers crossed. And, um, I thought I was like, yeah, if I didn't have student loans, I'd be rich, rich. <laughs> Yeah, y'all, y'all ought to be out there. I mean, like, wow, I, I feel like you've named about five or six. And then I love that, like, they just keep getting better and better. And what I hear from you is expansion. I hear growth. Like, you, you know, you and your sister, y'all are both that, like, kind of calm. And then you just have this explosion. Like, oh, yeah, I'm actually doing this. Like, I, I love, I love that. Like, that, that kind of quiet, like, killing them softly. Yeah, I don't know if you've read it or if any of the, anybody in the audience, but years ago, so it's a little dated, but it's still a great read. Um, it was called The Black Wealth Choice by Dennis Kimbrough. He's uh, a professor at Clark Atlanta, but he's done a lot of business books about black wealth and just in blacks and the economy and personal finance. But The Black Wealth Choice was specifically a book where he um, researched black millionaires. Mm. And like 30, at that time, this was probably, I don't know, 90s, early 2000s, there was roughly 35,000 black millionaires mm-hmm. compared to like millions of white millionaires. Mm-hmm. And in that book, he talked about streams of income. And two things that stood out for me, other than the fact that there was only 35,000 black millionaires in the U.S., <laughs> was he said seven streams was the average number of income for millionaires. Right. To get to seven figures net worth, on average, they had seven streams of income. Right. Various streams, but seven. So I'm working towards that number. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and the second thing that stood out to me is that he was saying that's how you, people sometimes, um, what is the way I want to express it? Sometimes people kind of look down upon you for having financial aspirations. Mm-hmm. They think it's okay to want to do good, but they don't necessarily think it's okay to do great because they think you may be moving in a spirit of greed or something like that. And he's like, no, that's we need more millionaires so we can do more and have a bigger impact. And so that book is the one that set me on the path after my tipping point. Tipping point was personal, retrospection, introspection. But that book really put me on that path towards trying to get these multiple streams and how many to get not just to get the one or the two, but I'm aiming for seven. If I get beyond seven, that's even better. We're not at seven yet. I feel like we're no, at five or six. Maybe, maybe I'm that. I think I'm at four or five if I count my adjuncting, but I have a six one coming next year with the short term. And I want a product of some kind. I haven't figured out what that is because products are things that are passive and can be selling whether you are involved or not. Right. So. 
Right. Which is why um, your coast on creameries. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We're working on the second one. Uh, oh my gosh. So some more good things. I've kind of popped it up here. So go back to your sister's comment. I make money moves. Yes. Like we need to be playing that in the back. And then a Facebook user says, I've thought about getting my real estate license for a few years now. I'm really interested now based on your strategy. Uh, your sister shared the book, The Black Wealth Choice by Dr. Dennis Kimbrough. Sounds like everybody needs to go out there. Um, so they're going to order it. Samantha says seven streams of income, hashtag more millionaires. Yes. And uh, Sam says, I thought I had, I heard seven, right? Me too. I'm like, maybe I'm just giving weight to like, you might have. <laughs> you well, know, I'm keep going then. If I hit seven, that means I'm not. This, this is wonderful. <laughs> so I want to ask you a couple more questions and then I'm, I'm going to ask you how, how can we connect with you? How can we network with you? Um, let me ask you one more question and then I'm going to let you share that because I, I think we have a lot of people here who would love to like be on your team. Okay. Um, let me show one more real quick. So yes, I just finished a book called the abundance code, how to bust the seven money myths for a rich life now by Julianne Carnes. And she mentioned that being a myth as well. You're not a bad person if you're a millionaire. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, uh, your sister says Q streams mentioned tonight, day job, real estate, TFF consulting, retirement, investing, sports, marketing, coaching, others. Yes. I love it. I love it. We have, we have that. So let me, let me, <laughs> yeah, your co-host. Thank you so much. Uh, y'all are, y'all are like, I should have, I gotta have you on here too, Trisha. Okay. So let me look for one more question. I, I had some notes, but you just, you've given so many like nuggets. Can we get some love for her, please? Like this is fabulous. <laughs> like this, this could be a whole like two series, uh, you know, Look at you admire, like I look at Libby, um, AJ, I follow her. I look at Oprah. I look mm -hmm. at people that are, are accomplished and then I reverse engineer, like how many streams of income and how did they get right. where they're at? Right. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Like, who are you modeling? All right. So one last question for you. Um, we titled this winning strategies, which I think you have just given us loads and loads of winning strategies. I'm going to ask you the hard one. It wasn't on one of the ones that we talked about, but I think you have this. This week's episode, I wanted to talk about fear. And when I saw what you've done, I'm like, I know she can help somehow. What is your advice? Because a lot of us in this group, those looking to join at the six figure, multiple six figures, some, you know, seven, eight figures, wherever they are, fear just gets in the way. What is your advice for those of us who've been affected by fear as you're increasing your income streams? I have a short answer and a slightly oh. longer one. <laughs> the short answer is feel the fear, do it anyway. Like, again, I know it sounds very basic. That is literally how I'm built. Um, I was that rebel child. So I know I probably gave my parents fits, but <laughs> I was still getting great, good, getting good grades and going to college. Mm -hmm. But I've never let fear stop me. I don't want to say I haven't had fear because I have. I just never let it stop me. If it's not going to kill me, <laughs> if it's not going to physically be painful, if it's not going to harm anyone, I just don't let fear stop me because fear is an emotion. And so we have a certain amount of control over our emotions. It's not even about stopping yourself from fearing. It's kind of like when people say, what's your coping mechanism? So mm -hmm. find how you push through fear, but push through. So my my short answer is feel the fear and do it anyway. Right. And my second answer is it goes back to the first part of our conversation about that pain point. Mm -hmm. um, I don't mean to, first of all, I don't wish this on anyone. Second of all, I don't want anyone to wait for this. 
But again, it goes back to my losing my parents. Mm -hmm. That was a level of pain and a level of discombobulation, like just earth shattering that honestly nothing bothered me after that. Like it's just nothing was a big deal anymore. And I kind of still feel that way. Um, it shouldn't take that. Um, but truly, it just kind of took it took away all of that because we didn't we were 20. I was 28 or not 29. My sister was 24, 25. Like we were not older people. We were still fighting our own way and they weren't very old either. And then they passed 18 months apart, which was not mm. normal either. Like nothing about it was normal, but we had to figure it out. And so once we survived that, I kind of like, okay, bring it on. I, I can, I can pretty much deal with anything. If I can get past the, the emotional challenge of that and the financial challenge of that, just mm -hmm. all of that. So don't wait for something bad to happen. I'm not even saying it would be death, but just try not to wait for something bad to happen because tomorrow's not promised. Number one, right. the sooner you start, the sooner you get there. And number two, and then number three, when you get into the place of fear, ask yourself, what do I really have to lose? Because I think if you go through the checklist of your mind of what you really have to lose, you'll realize there's not really anything to fear. And or you can at least prepare for those alternative scenarios in your mind. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's key. Feel the fear. Do it anyway. Wow. I am just like speechless here. This was so much fun. I feel like you have given so many nuggets. I've learned a lot from you between the real estate investing, being in the sports industry, your consulting, your additional streams, your selling, your converting. I did think on my stream, by the way. I do invest in the stock market. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm loving it. We need a we need a version too. Like we need to have you come back. I would love to have you come back. So I'm going to wrap it up. And again, I am so grateful that you jumped on. I, I know you probably were like, I don't even know what we're going to talk about. Sure. I'll I didn't know what you said. You know, and it was you. And I know I didn't know you very well. I just remember a few meetings or a few social activities. But I was like, oh, it's Noah. Sure. I'm doing college days out now. Wait, Sam. Was this the yeah, I, I, I keep it on the low. But I was like, yeah, I remember her. I'd love to do it. And then I've been a part of the group since my sister got me in. So I was happy to come. Much. Well, thank you. And we, we appreciate, you know, we appreciate you sharing this with other people. I would love to be with other like-minded people. And, and, and Sam is quoting you again, what do I have to lose? Also, what do I have to learn? I, I love that. Thank you so much um, for sharing that. So people want to get to know you better, Dr. Q, maybe they need your concern. Yeah. She said it's Melva. <laughs> I will leave, we'll leave that one alone from college days. Uh, you know, people want to work with Dr. Q. Maybe they want to invest with you. Maybe they need you as a consultant where they are. Maybe they're in the sports management issue and they're listening to this or, you know, we, we yeah. you gave us permission to share this on the podcast. How do, how do they reach you? How do they find you? How can they be part of your network? Um, I have way too many emails, but I'll share at least one. <laughs> so the one I'll share that's easy to remember is even though I go by Dr. Q, formerly I'm Dr. Frederick. So you can email me at IamDrFrederick at gmail.com. That's okay. quick and easy. Okay. Um, and then you can find me on LinkedIn. Okay. You can find me on Facebook. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Most of my handles are I am, I am Dr. Frederick. So okay. Okay. most of my handles, Instagram, Twitter, I'm kind of sketchy on Twitter. I'm there, <laughs> but, but I don't have a rhythm. 
I am on Instagram pretty much daily and Facebook and LinkedIn as well. So if you can find, I am Dr. My sister has done it again. <laughs> if you can find, um, I am Dr. Frederick. You can reach me there. And um, yeah, this was great. I was happy to come and, and well, just. Thank you so much. I, I like, I, it's 945 East, East Coast time. And we'll have a lot of people that'll catch the replay. Appreciate okay. those of you who are here live. And um, it was a lot of fun. I, I really appreciate it. I've learned a lot. I'm, I'm yeah, going to write down there. what I said. Yeah. And Trish has been the virtual assistant. So we appreciate that. All right, Jess, you, she's, she's taking over. You got to jump in. So we have our team over too. And, and Sam says, thank you. So I, I know we'll we'll get a lot of comments back from, from this episode in, in particular. I, I just, again, I want to say thank you. Like you have inspired me. You've given great advice. I just, I have so many questions. So we're going to have to do this again. Okay. And um, I guess the last thing I will say is that you, you are where a lot of people want to be. So as you continue to climb and lift others, I applaud you for that. And I'm grateful. Any, any last parting words you want to say before we wrap today? Sure. I come from the sports world. So I'll sum up the evening by saying not only should you feel the fear, do it anyway, but you have absolutely nothing to lose. In the sports world, we say there is no failure. You either win or you learn. Mm-hmm. You either win or learn. Because when you learn, you know what not to do <laughs> or you learn what you should have done better. Right. So there, there's no wins at the end of the tunnel. Fail until you fail forward. Just right. Failure is a part of success and people forget that. There, Michael Jordan didn't get to be a Michael Jordan because he made every shot every day of his life. Right. He, he, he took his failures and then said, oh, I need to improve upon that. So you right. win or you learn. I, I think that would be my final shout out. <laughs> wow. Well, that is awesome. I'm just going to read just a couple more comments here. We have Dr. Augustina. Thank you for joining. She said, thank you so much for the episode. Very informative. Samantha says encore and your sister says winner learn. So thank you guys very much. I invite you to join the group, catch more episodes. Um, and I, I hope to see you guys again. Thank you again so much. Dr. You got the Thank you. All right. Until next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good night. Oh my goodness. That was so much fun. Have you learned anything new today on today's episode? Wasn't Dr. Q phenomenal? I want to make sure that you follow Dr. Q on all social media channels at I am Dr. Frederick, D-R-F-R-E-D-E-R-I-C-K. You can also contact her directly at I am Dr. Frederick, I-A-M-D-R-F-R-E-D-E-R-I-C-K at gmail.com. Again, it was a pleasure. I hope that you were able to work with her. If her services are fit for you to expand to the next level, please check her out. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the 1% Code Podcast, please share with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and I would love your five-star review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on all social media channels at Dr. spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R-M-E-L-V-A at Dr. Melva. And I want to make sure that you and anyone else you know that would benefit from the 1% Code Podcast is a member of my private community on Facebook, the 1% Code Collective. I would love for you to join me there. Link in the bio. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.